All right, guys. All right, guys. You're tuned into the Dope Girls Great Podcast. I'm your host, Kamisha H. And tonight we have on a special guest, Miss Deborah Haynes Carolina. We are so excited about the move of God, what God's going to do tonight, how God is going to be glorified on tonight. And you guys are tuned in for a hot topic. And our topic tonight is marriage and ministry, guys, marriage and ministry. And so literally, Deborah is going to be talking with us, chatting with us, letting us into some things, giving us tips and suggestions, because this is still our um, topic of the month is the musician and safe. So our segment is still musician and safe for the month. This is going to it's not going to be the completion. We have one more segment um, episode of that, which is going to be next Tuesday for Testimony Tuesday. But this is the last Saturday of the hot topics. And so I'm so excited that Deborah is closing out with us for this hot topic section of the segment of the Dope Girls Pray podcast. So Deborah, we want to first start off and everybody listening. Um, we're going to start off with prayer. Why you guys are tuning in, we need you guys to invite and share. There's going to be a move of God. That's going to happen here on tonight. Literally, we need you guys to invite and share. Don't be stingy. Share what God is going to do, the dope things he's going to do on tonight, guys. Share, 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 share. Invite, invite, invite. Start your watch parties. Do whatever it is that you need to do. Share because it's for the kingdom. It's kingdom business. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, we love you. God, we honor you. God, we magnify you. God, we adore you, God. You are so worthy, God. You are worthy, God. You are worthy, God. You are the I am that you say that you are, Jesus. God, your Adonai Elohim, God. God, your El Shaddai, God, your El Kaddish, God. You are Yahweh, God. There is no name above your name, Jesus. There is no name above your name, Jesus. And God, we honor you on tonight, God. We reverence you, God. We reverence you on tonight, God. It's about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Jesus. And it was always about you, Jesus. God, we thank you, God, for gathering, for the gathering, Lord. God, you said in your word, when two or three are gathered, God, then so here are you, God. So we thank you for your Holy Spirit, God, being in the midst, God. Right now, we bind the hand of the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. Every principality that is assigned to the airways, right now in the name of Jesus, God, you said in your word that whatever we bind on the earth, Father, so shall you bind in the heavens and whatever we loose on the earth, Father, so shall you loosen the heavens, God. And so we bind the hand of the strong man on tonight, Father. And God, we loose our angels right now in the name of Jesus, God. We tell them to stand charge right now against the airways. Right now in the name of Jesus, God, we come against every retaliating spirit as well, God. In the name of Jesus, God, we say, Father, have your way. Father, do what you have to do, Father. Let your name be glorified. And always exalted, God. Hide us behind the cross, Daddy. And never let them see us, God. But only let them see you, God. For it is you that get the glory. And it's all about you. And it's in Jesus' name that we soak and saturate this prayer in your son's blood. Amen. 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 So again, I am so excited, guys. If you're just tuning on to the Dope Girls Pray podcast, you're on for the segment of the hot topics of musician and save. And our topic for tonight is going to be marriage and ministry. And our guest speaker for tonight is Miss Deborah Haynes, Carolina. So go ahead, Deborah. You can introduce yourself to the viewers. Let them know who you are, where you're tuning in from. Hello, my name is Deborah Haynes Carolina, and I'm tuning in from New Jersey. Um, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Such a humble spirit. Um, so, 
basically we're going to just dive right in into our first um question of tonight so the first question of tonight is who is i was saying deborah so it's deborah so let's correct it and say your name properly deborah um literally who is deborah carolina who is she um i think sometimes i'm still discovering her but <laughs> um deborah is someone who Truly trust God with her walk, um, whatever that looks like, whether it's music, um, whether it's, you know, teaching. Um, I just genuinely trust God with my walk, um, whatever he wants to do with it, whatever he wants me to say, do, um, invest in, invest my time in. Um, I'm all the way in with him um, in this journey. Um, I'm a mother of one, almost one year old boy. Um, I am a wife, Sarah Carolina Senior, and I'm a daughter. Amen. Amen. <laughs> so our next question is: How did you get to where you are today? Like, what were some obstacles? What were some some things you accomplished? How did you get here? Um. Well. When I was, I started singing um, like solos and stuff. Of course, you know, when I was younger and like in church, and I guess I would say I started around like five or six, something like that, like doing the little solos and the uh, Sunshine Band and stuff. <laughs> but then I started singing like real, so I used to have this anxiety when, um, I would sing and people would be like, oh my God, Deborah, you did so good, or she's amazing. Like, let's, you know, let's really cultivate this and whatever. And I would get so anxious and like, I would quit. I, I started playing the piano and mm -hmm. I quit playing the piano because it was too much attention. I just, I couldn't get rid of it. So I quit. And then um, when I turned, I think maybe 15. I started um, leading praise and worship, um, maybe 16, something like that. I started leading praise and worship. But before that, I thought that I was going to sing um, secular. I was planning mm -hmm. to um, I had a vocal trainer. Like, I was sold. Like, I was ready. I had gotten first place at the Apollo in New York. And oh, I was wow. ready to take on the R&B secular industry. And um, then I started leading worship, and we just took off. Like people started to like into their churches, um, and then I wrote "I am" during a prayer service. And my pastor was like, um, just "Kneel, kneel down, just you know, flow, whatever you want to do, and then we're gonna pray after you finish." Yeah. And I was so bogged down in my mind at the time that I literally just knelt before God. And I turned my back on the congregation and I just went on my knees and I started to sing and started to pray. I am just I didn't wow. even it wasn't even the plan. Wow, wow, wow. And you know what's so crazy because as you're talking, um, you know, because I know sometimes I'm hearing the Lord speak, but I know sometimes like with some people, they may look at the 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 finished packet or they may look at a person at the gift that they may say like you know, like, wow, just like the wow factor. But as you were talking, 
the Lord is like showing me your heart. And because your heart is right and it's like the father, the Lord is saying that I can use you. And usually the ones that God really used are the ones that are the shy ones, the ones that, you know, really never wanted to be in the front. You know, the ones that don't like their names called upon, stuff like that. And, and it's, it's so crazy because it's like I literally see myself like the same way. Because even with starting, um, like, first of all, I grew up the same way, like with singing on the choir. I was like the youngest one in the, cro- the choir. Even though I don't really consider myself a singer. I'm a worshiper and like yeah. a songwriter more than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I can, you know, sing or whatever. And so. I was like the same way. I was like the youngest one on the choir. And I used to always say, I want to solo. I want to solo. They're like, oh, you're too little. You're too little. You're too little. And it was so crazy because I think when I turned 14, we had like a new minister of music. And he was like, oh, Kamisha, you're going to sing this song. And I'm like, what? Because they never let me sing like all of the years of being there. And it was so crazy because I used to be so shy, like the same way with even with singing and stuff like that. And it's still kind of the same way to be honest. Like I, I could worship and stuff, but it's like, like, come on, let's, I don't, you know, I'm not really, you know what I'm saying? And so the thing is like, even when I went, like started walking this journey of like when the Lord was really cultivating, you know, my gift things and, and different things of that nature, I ran. Yeah. Like I ran, like when, when literally I found out everything that it was going to consist of and what I had to do and, and just just the yes, giving God your second yes, because you don't know everything that God is going to call you to do. That's the first thing. All you know is that you give God your yes. And then literally things just start happening as you position position yourself, though, you know, because sometimes people think because they're like, OK, yes, God, I'm ready. You know, and the Lord's like, oh, no, you're not ready yet. I still got to process you. I still got to do some things. You know, we still got some work to do. But the Lord never tells us exactly what's going to happen, you know, and I think that's the wisdom behind God, because I say that because it's like twofold. He doesn't tell us the the warfare we're going to have to go through. Right. He don't tell us the breaking that we're going to have to go through, because if he did, I think a lot of us would be like, "Okay, God, no, you know, that's not something maybe that I want to do. And so literally I was so shy, like I was so shy, literally with like opening my mouth like even when the podcast went virtual I said God are you are you kidding me like I didn't even think that it was going to go to the next level I was content with the audio like just go and yeah. listen <laughs> you know that was fine for me because I was never one of those people you know that like to be in the forefront now some people might say but you like to get dressed like, yeah that's that's a part of my character but as a person to like who I am as a person, I was never one of those people to just jump up and like, oh, pick me, pick me, pick me. Right. And so, but the point of the matter, why am I saying this? I say this because those are the type of people that God wants to use, the ones that that does not want to be seen, the ones that are going to make sure that God be glorified, you know. And so, even like I remember the first time that I encountered um, your ministry and the way that God uses you and worked through you. And I just was like, wow, because, you know, there's a lot of praise and worship leaders. There's a lot of singers, but there's a, a different you can tell. And, and I say this in, in all um, humbleness, but I say this, too, because it's a learning curve, too, as well, because sometimes some people need to hear this. But I say this. Um, you, you can tell the ones that really have relationship with the father. You can tell um, it shows in the way that you minister to the people. And we're going to kind of dive deeper into because that's like one of our questions. So I'm not going to touch on it too much, but you can kind of tell 
um, the ones that, that really have relationship because they know their audience and they're so spiritually in tune to the, to the Holy Spirit that they're able to basically do exactly what's needed for the atmosphere, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And so I was very impressed, you know, when, and I was impressed, not, not so much because I always say it's, it's all of Jesus, none of me. I'm impressed by God, but still, I'm, I was impressed how, you know, you let the Lord use you because that's a decision. That's a decision. You know, we don't have to make, you know, that decision for God. We can do what we want to do because a lot of us do it. You know, we're literally, we'll get up there and we make it, you know, you could have made it the, the Borba show. You know, you didn't have to make it the, I'm serious. You didn't have to make it the Jesus show. You could have made it the Borba show because we see it all the time. You know, sadly, um, in ministry where some people, they, they make it about them. You know, and it's not just in praise and worship. That's universal. It goes all the way around the board. Um, but, you know, it's a difference when people make it about Jesus and Jesus can really have his way and move the way that he wants to move because you're not being the hindrance. And that's why it's so important. But we're not going to preach because I can go into the deep end, but I'm not going to be too deep just yet. But they know me. So they know I, I, I go. I go there sometimes. But however, um, that is so important. And I did admire that you know, about you, um, you could just tell the relationship. And, and that is just so important, especially in these times, because to be honest, especially with the times that we're in right now, people need that. People need people that truly have relationship because when you have relationship, you're so sensitive to the spirit. Like I said, you know, the needs of the people. So when you're, you're even if you're just talking to people, you know, because the Holy Spirit is our guide and our navigator, he's going to guide you on the conversation, if that makes any sense. And it's so needed in this time because there's so many people that's lost, that's hurting, that's looking for answers. And they're just looking for relatable people, not that's trying to be like them, but that are like them. You know, at the same time, Paul said, you know, to the weak, I become weak so that I may win some. We're not going to win everybody. So we're going to go into the next question. How do you balance marriage and ministry? Um, well, I think that marriage is a ministry. Yeah. And so when you decide to be become one with, with someone, um, you're deciding to invest in a ministry at your home first. Right. So, um, I think that being 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 in a marriage, um, it's about balancing what ministry means the most at that time. Yeah, because sometimes your not necessarily your marriage, but sometimes you both have to agree that okay, this needs our attention. Yeah. So collectively, we decide that we're going to give our attention to this. And as long as you're both on the same page as far as what needs your attention or what requires your attention, because if I say, okay, I'm going to focus on my music this month and do it like hard, hard, hard every day, but my husband is saying, I want you to focus on me. Now, there's no doubt, but I don't think that um, at any given moment that there's ever really a perfect balance yeah you just have to kind of decide okay i'm okay with sacrificing time with you we're both collectively going to invest our time in this specific thing 
Yeah. We both said, okay, I want to um, own a house by next year. We have to be okay with that. Mm, maybe you won't be coming home earlier. Every day. Right. We'll be coming home at that certain time every day, or you know, I might, be, I might be working or doing engagements before then I'm home because we both decided to focus our attention on that. So yes. it won't necessarily be a perfect balance, but it will be as long as you're on the same page about what you're focusing on. I think yes. it works out. Yeah. So what would be some tips or suggestions that you would give to like married couples who are, you know, married and in ministry? Because I know that it could be it could be hard. You know, I know some people think like because you have some people that just feel like, oh, I, I can't wait to marry a musician, you know, or I want to marry, you know, a preacher, you know, but people don't understand, you know, everything that comes with that that covenant because it's a covenant, you know, and that commitment, a, a, a covenant is a commitment. And so people don't understand, you know, what comes with that, you know, the warfare that's attached to that, because I always say and they said it yesterday, Tia, um, Cherie said it yesterday that, you know, we are like the frontliners. Yeah. And so when you're on the front line, you're basically, you're like taking the slack for everybody else. And you're the one that's really highly at risk. Not saying that other people aren't, but it's true. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes people, they like, they, they're married to the, the thought, yeah. you know, but they're not really committed to what it takes, mm -hmm. you know, to literally, because I can speak from experience before you dive into that. Um, when I was married, I was married to a musician mm. and, um, you know, in the beginning, you know, everything was, was good. But when, you know, the enemy started trying to infiltrate, you know, and that was like, and I'm gonna be honest at that time, I didn't know how to war in the spirit. Like I, I grew up as a Christian. Yes. And I went to a slam for like 13 years. Right. Mm. So when I came out of a slam, you know, I had, um, ended up in this relationship, you know, and I've known for like 13 years though, but it wasn't never a liking relationship. And I ended up getting married, you know, um, I didn't really have the concepts or the foundation really of so much of Christianity. And so it was like, to me, in my mind, to be honest, it was like a lot of lost time I felt like because of me just coming back to Christ and, you know, and stuff like that. And I, I, my foundation though was in Islam. It wasn't in Christianity. And so I, I felt like I was kind of behind. I'm, I'm saying that now. I didn't feel like that. But in my mind now, I'm looking at it as like I felt like I was kind of behind. Because, you know, sometimes when you've been in something for um, a long time, and I say like in something, meaning like religion-wise, you kind of pick up the practices, right? Mm -hmm. And so because I wasn't in Christianity as an adult, I didn't have those practices, you know, so I didn't know how to war, you know, in the spirit and different things. But that marriage, you know, that was the, the catalyst for me to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, it was the catalyst for me to learn because a lot of different things happen, you know, from the transition and from me coming out and, and everything else like that. And so there was a lot of warfare that was attached, you know, to, to being married to a person that was you know, right. on the front line. And at that time, I was not doing nothing of like what I'm doing now. You know, even my understanding was not like how it is a little bit now, you know. Yeah. And so um, 
people, I think they kind of misconstrued because I think people will be, and I wasn't married to the idea. I, I won't say that. I just like the person. So I just felt as though like, you know, why not? But as it pertains to um, like the general population of people, I feel like sometimes some people are married to the the idea, but they don't know what it takes to actually, you know, to stick it out and be in it. So what would be some tips or suggestions um, that you would give to like married couples who are married and in ministry? I would say not to um, sacrifice your home ministry for outside entities. So if we're saying, but um, Kirsten, uh, if we're saying that, okay, my son, let's say uh, your child's birthday is coming up, right? And you have a service but it's kind of you already had the you already know that your your child's birthday is that time right what would be a decision is we can push it back wow mm -hmm. you know what i mean we can right it later but if you make a conscious decision that i will make my family feel important every time that i get the chance yeah always know that they are my first priority that's that's the whole man right there. Because yeah. as musicians, music is so important to us that yeah. sometimes we don't even notice when our significant other is not feeling like we're giving them enough attention. Because we just feel like music is everything. And you already know I love you. I just need right. to get into this. <laughs> because our minds don't work the same as a musician yeah. our minds are not the same so yes. that when you get the chance let's say if, you work, if you're you know, a musician and you're working five days out of the week if Saturday is the only day before you go to church on Sunday if Saturday is the only day make that a yeah. thing like make it very important like, Okay, we're gonna go here. We're gonna do this. I want y'all to have my full attention so that it doesn't feel like I'm only asking when I'm in music or mm -hmm. an engagement or if I'm at church. You know, like I'm only invested when it's someone else's vision. Yeah, yeah. I would also say, I would also say that the opposite, per like the person that's not the musician, unless they're both. But if the person, if one person is a musician and one person isn't, I would say to sometimes, like every now and then, like I don't necessarily like my husband plays keyboard. I don't necessarily like that part of <laughs> like the skeleton of it all. He's in right. love. I'm like, once the BBVs is done, once everything is done, then come holla at me. I got right. you. <laughs> sometimes I just need to peek into the room and, you know, be there with him. You know, make, right. make it like, okay, I'm excited with you. You're excited. I'm excited. Come on. What are we doing? What are we planning? What? Yeah. <laughs> making it fun so that they don't feel like, oh, this part, like, she not really into this. So, right. I this is my thing and just make it up you know a family thing like every now and then sometimes you could just let them be but sometimes just make it make it known that you're thinking about what their interests are yeah um yeah. 
on train together. Like it is so important that you, because sometimes like as a woman, I know that sometimes we'll pray, we'll pray alone, hear God for ourselves. And then our husbands are left to kind of catch up. Like, wow, that's good. Husband, okay, this is what the Lord is saying. This is the vision, and your husband is kind of like, mm-hmm. I'm not feeling that. I don't know. And even though they may hear God later on, it's better when you hear God about your yeah, and you understand yeah. this is our vision. We're motivated. We're ready to go. This is what God said to us collectively. Because I know that there's been plenty of times where I would. Um, you know, driving somewhere or I'm at, at home and my husband is on his way home and I'll be like, oh, I, I got time. And as soon as he walked in the door, I'll be like, oh, baby, and he like, yo, that's crazy because God told me the same thing. And wow. it's so much better when you're praying together yeah. and really hearing God for your house together because separately, it's just going to be a fight, you know, like, yeah. I don't know, I didn't hear that, so I don't know, you know, yeah. and you, have to, you have to be intentional about praying for God to set order in your house. Yeah. Once you try to do ministry outside, you'll be able to see it. Yeah. To see who's heavier on the relationship side as far as in their spiritual walk. Wow, that's good. That that, that that's not a good place to be. It's always yeah. and because at the end of the day, y'all are yoked together. And when we think about um talking about like oxen and them being yoked together to work together. But if one ox is yoked, if we're both yoked together and one ox is working harder and the other one is kind of lagging, you'll kill the other ox. Yeah. Wow. If we're talking about the literal ox, when we're talking about the literal yoke, when when the Bible talks about being um equally yoked, it's talking about the literal equipment that they use to hold two oxen together. So that yeah. Plow the ground. If we're plowing the ground, and let's say I haven't been praying, I'm not seeking God, and I'm not fasting, then if my husband is, he could literally kill me. Yeah. Wow. Because I'm, he's working, he's plowing, and I'm just hanging out. He will literally choke me. You yeah. know, and that's where the equal yoke part comes in where we need to be working towards the same thing and we need to be plowing the ground at a steady pace, whatever that is for you. Yeah. So what would you say or some advice for if somebody's in a situation where, you know, the one person doesn't want to do the work? Hmm. Well, the Bible does say, uh, as far as the wife is concerned, the Bible does say that the wife um, sanctifies the house. Yeah. So if the husband is not, if the husband does not, if you're already married, well, this is Bible. Right, if right. If y'all are dating. Yeah, something different. <laughs> you can cut it off. Y'all have no right. problem. But if you're married and your husband decides or your wife decides, you know what? I'm not feeling this whole God thing. You can literally pray for your husband's salvation. Literally. Yeah. But you have to be committed to that. Yeah. You can't be like, well, oh, well, I know. (laughs) Oh, well, see you when I see you. It can't be that because once you made that commitment and you made that covenant, you and society, like the culture that we live in is marriage is not as serious as the Bible says that it is. You get what I'm saying? So, like in culture, you being married is just as good as you being you dating. 
you being a girlfriend or a boyfriend. You yeah. know, but if we're if we're living, if we are living by the Bible, it should it covenant any covenant, not just marriage, yeah. but friendships. If you yeah. said you are my covenant sister, there needs to be a certain amount of investment that you have in that. Where uh-huh. you saying to me, oh, you know, I don't like your hair, should not break covenant. You get what I'm right. saying? There has Woo, to be a covenant keeping inside of you because if we are if we're made in the likeness in the image of God, right? Mm-hmm. He is a literal covenant keeping God. Every promise that He's ever made, He puts His word above His name. So if that's the case, that means if He says to you, Kamisha, I will never leave you, no matter what you do, no matter what you say, I will never leave you. That means He can never leave you. That's a covenant. Yeah. So Darrell, I vow to love you. I vow that I will be your wife until the day we die. Then that means I need to make an investment as if till the day I die, that's going to be my husband. Yeah. And severing that covenant should not even be in my mind. It shouldn't even be in my mind. You get what I'm saying? And I think that's the real issue is that a lot of people have the option. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? It's an option. Yeah. If if you if you both decide we are going to work at this, that we vow to love each other, and day to day, if I don't like mm-hmm. you today, have a seat. I'll sit over here. You sit over here, and we just gonna be mad for a little bit. And once I'm once I'm better, then or once you're better, whatever, we're fine. But it shouldn't be on the table. It shouldn't be not. Yeah, but you know what? When I'm when I'm the Lord just told me to write down what I'm hearing. Um, because I, I think the courting process would be a good time that people literally um really analyze and, and weigh their affairs because when you were talking about the covenant part, which is true, because once you get married, you know, with the covenant, but the Lord was saying, you know, some people don't even have a, a relationship with God, meaning a covenant with God, they don't even keep that part first yeah and and that is so important because the thing is when when you get married and now with a husband and a wife you know the the wife's job is to stay at the feet of her husband and the husband's job is to stay at the feet of the father you know and literally you know if you have a person that they have not got to that point where they have relationship true relationship where they stay at the feet of the father how can you expect and this is what the holy spirit was saying that they keep covenant with you when they don't keep covenant with me, meaning the Holy Spirit, like with Lord, mm-hmm. you know, how can you expect that? And so I don't know why the Lord just gave me that, but maybe it was it was just something. Maybe somebody's watching or it's going to yeah. replay, you know, that could be in relationship, you know, and maybe they're kind of going through something similar. And you have to weigh that affair because the, the courting stage is the time for you to really pay attention. Because one thing I know about people and it's not just relationships, it's people too, friendships as well. A person can't be the pretender for too long. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to show after a while. You know, the shirt that we we thought the bleach got out with those things, they, they actually start to appear, you know, and that's a weird saying, but the old folks say it, but it's so true. You know, they start to show. And so literally what happens is the more time that you spend, they say truth and time are friends. And when they meet, they tell it all. You know, people start to really manifest who they are, even though if it takes a year, you know, two months, it don't matter the length of time, you know, it, it starts to show. And so, you know, you have to really pay attention and make that decision in your courting stage. You know, how is his relationship with the father? Yeah. Yeah. You know, because the thing is, if it's and not saying that 
it can't grow because everybody grows. We, we never just started off one way. But my thing is, if it's like to the point that, you know, y'all about to get married and you see that yeah. there is no type of covenant with the father there. I don't know if that's the one or if that's the right time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, It might not be the right time. And then the thing is, if you see that, you know, you're you're trying to help. You know, because that's the job of the woman. She's to help me. She's supposed to meet the man where he is and try to help him, to push him. If you see that that's not working, you know, maybe that's not the one. You know, maybe that's not, you know, the one that you're supposed to be with. Because I'm going to be honest, I'm a very transparent person on this podcast. I remember um, like when I was in the marriage and when I finally got saved, right? Because even though I got saved as a kid and I went to slam and I came back, you know, when I got saved again to, at the church, but there was an actual time when I really got saved and it was at 30. I'm 33 now, but when I really got saved and when I got saved, it was like I was on a run. Like I was just like going, going, going. I was on fire for Jesus and I felt myself pulling. It was like the ox situation that you said. And I'll never forget this. And I always get in trouble because stuff ends up coming out on the podcast that I, I never said during that time. <laughs> but it's the Holy Spirit and I have to say it because me saying this and the Lord's giving me this to say is probably going to help somebody else. The Bible says we overcome by testimony. Yeah. But I'll never forget. And I'm not saying anything crazy, but I never forget the day that we were watching. It was Bishop Winans. It was like his um, birthday service they were having. And there was a, a preacher. He was preaching. It was a Hispanic preacher. And he was talking about not like dropping the anchor, like don't sink the ship, something like that. And we were watching it together. Mm. And I heard the Lord say, he's not going to go all the way with you. And I cried, I cried, I cried, I cried. And I never told him, I never told him that the Lord said this, but I cried because I'm like, no, Lord, not my husband. You know, because at this time, this is when this was the good part, you know, the honeymoon part. So I'm like, no, Lord, like this can't be really happening. And I've been, I can, I'm thinking back because I'm listening to you talking all this, but it's just showing me, you know, this five years ago almost. And I remember, you know, when I really was like just on fire and I'm like, come on, let's fast together. Let's pray. Let's read the Bible every day. Let's do this. Let's do that. And like, you know, at first it was kind of like a together thing. And then, you know, after a while, it just kind of like dwindled for, for that party, not for myself. And so, you know, it's, 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 it's just so important because I know now in my singleness now, I know what I need. I, I've been through what I what I didn't need. I'm not talking about the marriage because I ended up in a relationship that I wasn't supposed to be in. You know, that was what I had to go through my process because the Lord had to push me into purpose. He did. He used different things to push me. And so literally I learned what I need, you know, um, this time because marriage shall be my portion, you know. And so literally I said, I can't compromise anymore. But what I had to first do was, I had to get deliverance. Yeah. I had to get deliverance. And I, and I don't know why the, the Holy Spirit is having me say this, but it, it must has to be said because a lot of times we end up in cycles of, you know, relationships and different things because people never got the healing and deliverance that they needed, you know, and they're looking for, you know, the completeness from a man or a relationship or a marriage when completion is only for God. Yeah. You know, and so literally it's like the, the job of both parties, literally when they come to to this agreement to make covenant that they come whole, you know, together so that God can complete them, yeah. you know, because if not, 
all what's going to happen is you're going to keep attracting the same type of men or the same type of woman, women, mm-hmm. literally. And it's just going to be like a runaround, you know, a never ending cycle. And so, you know, that that healing and deliverance part is, is so important. And then knowing literally what you need, because everybody knows what they need. Not saying that your spouse has to be exactly like you, because everybody is not going to be like each other. We don't want. First of all, I don't want a person that's like me anyway. You know, <laughs> I don't think we want ourselves. I don't think we want to date ourselves. Not saying that we're bad people, but it's just certain things about ourselves. You know, that if it was uh, if I was married to someone just like me, I'd probably be like, oh, my God, you know, because it's just certain things. Let's just be honest. But you said some key points um, because you were speaking about even like communication, communication, you know, is really key, you know, in a marriage, even though I'm not married anymore, but I was married. Um, and so communication is a, is a big part. And, and one thing you said, too about that is something when you do it together. And what I think that people don't understand is that there's a purpose in your singleness that's not the same when you get into covenant. Purpose changes, you know, when you get into covenant with, you know, your your spouse, literally, it's no longer about, you know, your purpose. Now it's about y'all purpose, what it is that y'all have to do for the kingdom together. You know, and so I think that's so that's so important. And so we're going to pick up with the rest of this conversation after the break. So you guys stay tuned. you're tuned in back with the dope girls pray podcast i'm your host kamisha h and you're tuned in for the hot topics for our musician and safe month edition um and our hot topic tonight is marriage and ministry and we're speaking with our guest speaker miss devora haynes carolina all right so we would just get it into some good things um before the break um so we're going to now kind of switch over to the music side ask some questions on the music side 
Um, so the first question is, why do you think that it is important to consecrate yourself, you know, as a praise and worship leader or just a minister, a minister um, of music, of song, whatever? Um, I think it's very, very important. I think that you have to keep your streams clear. Um, and you have to be able to hear from God. Um, but if your filter, I, I see us, we're a vessel and our gates are filters. So you, you're hearing this filter. So everything that you experience, sometimes if you don't get deliverance from that specific experience and if you don't um, pray and fast and consecrate yourself, um, I think that everything that God says will be seen through that specific filter. So for instance, if, let's say, if, if I was never delivered from um, things of my past, like violation, you know, molesting, yeah. stuff like that, if I wasn't um, delivered from that, everything that someone said to me would sound perverted. Yeah. Wow. Say, Deborah, I love you. That before now would sound like, what do you want? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Now imagine I'm saying that from a human to human, but imagine right. the Holy Spirit saying something to me, and I hear it in that tone. Yeah. Like, even though it is, it's almost crazy, but um, it is what it is. That's why your spirit reacts to certain things, and I think that um, when you keep your focus clear, because so when I started. When I started reading worship, there was a season I didn't even I wasn't really reading my word. Um, I was still kind of I was a I was a teenager, so I didn't really know about the lifestyle of worship. I didn't know that. So I was just kind of filling in um, the uh, the praise and worship leader at my church had gotten pregnant and they um she kind of like her voice changed um and she couldn't she didn't have the endurance anymore to leave work. Mm -hmm. So she said, you know, do I need you to fill in for me? Like, and I was like, mm, definitely not. Like, that's not going to work. I can't do that. Whatever, whatever. And then one Sunday, she was just like, come on. Like, take it. And <laughs> everybody. I was like, oh my God. So <laughs> that was how I started leading worship. But ever since that, uh, that time, like maybe days after, I literally couldn't sleep in my room because the Holy wow. Spirit was up every night and I didn't know what for. Like I didn't understand. I was kind of having a Samuel moment. Wow. Um, and so I would sleep in my, my living room. I was living with my mom at the time. Of course, I was like 15. So <laughs> in the living room of my mom's house for like two years. And because wow. uh, I just didn't, I was like, well, maybe I don't know what's going on in my room. Like, I just, right, right, right. And my mom would come downstairs every day and be like, why are you still running? <laughs> and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you don't know what And she would just every day come downstairs, like, I wish you would just go in that room and pray. And, I'm like, what? and literally, there was a moment where I went in my room, I set my laptop up, and I just started playing um, worship music. Wow. I, didn't know, I didn't know 
Like, what am I asking you for? I didn't know what to say. I just sat there. And wow. I sat in my room with the worship music playing and I started crying and I'm like, God, like, what is this? I stopped, wow. like, at the time, my husband now was my best friend at the time, just my best wow. friend. Aww. Literally, I had stopped talking to everybody and he wow. came to my house and like told my mom, like, I don't know what's wrong with the word. She hasn't talked to me. Um, can you let me in? Like, I just need to talk to her. Yeah. And I just told him, like, all right, listen, I just need some time. Like, I don't know what's going on with me right now. I just need a minute to figure out what's happening. And I didn't know that God was consecrating me in that moment. Wow. And it it happens annually at the same time. And every time he kind of was getting ready, getting me ready for something. Something, yeah. Or something that I'm not really comfortable with doing. Yeah. Um, moments of withdrawal where I just completely pull back from everything. Um, just shut off from the world. And yeah. I don't know how long. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm asking for. I literally just sit in the presence of God and just let him speak. Or let yeah. him download. You know, because there's moments where he doesn't audibly say anything. But it comes out when I start talking. And I'm like, yeah. oh, well, that's good. I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and um, even sometimes I would sit in my room and literally just pray in the spirit, like, yeah, just to stir myself and really understand, like, okay, what is this new thing that's going on? So, every yeah. time God has made consecration so important to me, um, because as a work, as a, as a worship leader, as a worship, as a Christian in general, being consecrated, it literally means being set apart for God's use, yeah. And, think that if we want to be effectively used by God, our streams have to be clear. Our filters have to be clear. And that's what happens when you consecrate. You completely detox yourself and flush everything out that's not like God and allow him to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's so important because, you know, sometimes people will just rely on their gifting, yeah. you know, instead of the anointing. You know, when literally the Bible says that it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And 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 that is that part it is it is so important. And as you were saying that, it's so crazy because it's like now I'm thinking back to the time when the, the Lord, I didn't even know that the Lord was consecrating me until you kind of just said what you just said. Um, because I remember before I started um doing the podcast. The Lord kind of took me, he placed me in isolation. Like I live in New Jersey too. My family, I'm originally though from Philadelphia. And I and um I've been in New Jersey, I think, for maybe like almost three years now. Okay. And I'm the I'm the only one here. And I've always lived in places though, like by myself. I've always lived like in isolation. Um, and it's not like you know, a purposeful thing. I don't know, maybe it's a God thing. Um, he's probably like, I don't know, cultivated me to being for being alone. Mm -hmm. And so I remember before he gave me this assignment, um, I was like kind of the same way. I withdraw from like everything and everybody. And it wasn't like anything purpose purposeful. It was just what God was doing because there was more purging. I had to go through the process that already started like that year before. But I was just like just pressing in the presence because to be honest, 
truly, you don't be looking for anything from God except change, just encounters. And then it's so crazy because as you commit yourself just to being drawn to him, the Lord's like, I want to give you more. And you're like, you know, I just like it here, though. You just I just like it, you know, just being alone and and just praying and worshiping with you. And it's so crazy because when you said that, I thought about that. And I'm like, there's times that I am like that. I just thought because maybe sometimes like I like to be by myself a lot, to be honest. But I like to be in the presence of the Lord a lot, too. You know, and so literally um, I have those moments, too, as well, where it's just like it's just me, you know, and I don't really want to be bothered with, you know, anybody or anything. Um, And it's not like nothing personal, you know, but God has to to do a thing. Usually, like literally, like you said, because, you know, you want to be effective. And I think that is so important. Um, that people actually take the time and let the Lord process them, you know, and they have to take the initiation to say, you know what, today I'm going to, you know, if that means I'm not going to come onto social media, you know, or I'm not going to, you know, go here. I'm going to spend time in my word today. Um, And I'm talking about people that that's giving God or they want to, they gave God their second yes. And they want to Use effectively. I'm not just speaking in general. I'm talking about people that that's trying to do what Paul said. I press for the high call. You know, literally those people. You do have to consecrate yourself because I think sometimes with our generation, we think God just gonna like just do it. Come on, they said you was a prophet. They said you was an apostle. So you just gonna come. The Lord gonna say, "Here comes the power. Here you go now. You, everybody's gonna be falling out." Yeah. And it's like, no, you gotta actually do the work. You know, you got to actually um, do the work. Literally, you have to be the one that literally, OK, God, I gave you my yes. And the Lord say, OK, this is who I called you to be. But I mean, how, how bad do you want this? How yeah. bad do you want me? And it's not so, ma- so much of how bad do you want this? Because sometimes people will work just for the gifting. You know, but the thing is, you want to press for the high call. You want to work for with, with the, uh, the, the one on the cross that he said, Jesus, just remember me. Remember me, you know, literally, because that's fine and everything that have a gift and all that, you know, that's fine. But at the end of the day, if, you know, it's going to resort to the Lord's just saying, depart from me, I never knew you, you know, it's it's useful, right? you know, it's useful. And so, you know, that is so important for the ones that literally that's that's walking into who God called them to be. You have to consecrate yourself. You know, you can't just think you can't just kind of thank you. People have to stop relying on the gift. Because that's what people are doing. A lot of people, they're just like, okay, because I can sing or because I can play, because of this, I'm just going to get up. I'm going to do that and everything is going to be okay. But there's so much more to God. You know, there's so much more. And the thing is, they're relying on the gift. But the thing is, if your gift is not effective, what's the point? When you open up your mouth or when you play or when you minister, whatever it is that you're doing and nobody is converted because that was the greatest miracle that Jesus ever performed was the conversion of the mind. If nobody leaves changed, what's the purpose? What's the purpose? So there is a difference of a person, you know, like you said, who consecrates themselves and a person who just gets up because I'm going to be honest. uh, There's a lot of people that I know, you know, that can sing. But there's a lot of people that can sing, but they can't move you as well. Like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel no one knows. I don't feel nothing. And I'll take the person who might not be, you know, the the best of all singers, but the anointing is there because you know why? It's going to make me have an encounter with Jesus. 
you know, and so that's what the Lord is really honestly trying in this in this time and this season. He's trying to get us back to relationship, those encounters, you know, with him. That's why he stripped us from so much. But we're not going to go too deep. Into that. So sometimes I go to deep end. I'm trying to behave today, <laughs> but it's so hard. It is so hard. But um, it's 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 so true. The Lord is is trying to to, to take us back. You know, to the place where that, like how the old saints you say, where I first received him, those moments, you know, literally those were encounters. That's why the, the older generation, I have to say, and that's why their faith level is the way that it is, you know, where it was times they didn't have money to pay the rent or have money for this. And the Lord just made a way because, you know, that foundation was there. You know, they they were rooted. And so some of the things of old is not bad all the time, even though sometimes, you know, um, some people say, you know, literally, you know, all oh, the older generation and X, Y, and Z to the fourth of it. But there's some batons there, you know, that the older saints, you know, have that worked. And the thing is, we had to come together and bridge the gap, meaning we got to take some of the old and, and mix it in with some of the new. And it's not so much new because it's God things, but things that maybe that they have abandoned, you know, and now the Lord has given us you know, knowledge of, and literally, you know, we're taking what the Lord has given us. And we're like, listen, we're like torch runners. We're running, you know, with the torch because there are some people that's really on fire for Jesus. And that's really causing a change, you know, and I'm not saying it as a change, like it's about them, but it's about Jesus, you know, and, and that's, what's important. It's the Jesus show, you know, not our show. So the last question is, um, how do we tap in or how do you tap in? You give advice for like people that may um, operate like this, like praise and worship leaders. How do we tap into the prophetic worship for the people who have this gift? So you already kind of tapped in a little bit talking about the concentrate, um, the consecration. So how do like people, you know, tap in? I say tap in, but really people should be living there. But that's the word people use. <laughs> um. That's a interest. Nobody's ever asked me that. <laughs> um, you can maybe just talk about maybe some of the things that you do, you yeah. know, when you're kind of going into that realm. Um, well, I think that there was a moment where I felt like I needed to kind of like, um, I guess you could say tap in. I, um, I, I felt like there was there was a moment in my like ministry where I felt like I needed to in order to be uh, I guess powerful or seem relevant or seem like I knew God you know um, yeah. but then there came a moment where I wasn't looking to hear a word from God for other people wow mm -hmm. I wasn't looking for that. It was kind of just, I was seeking God. I was, you know, loving on God as yeah. I'm called to do as a person, as a human. Um, and it would just be moments where, because so even now, like if, if I'm ministering, like singing, my plan, my goal is to um, sing song A, song B, song C, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> For God to be glorified in that. Yeah. Now, if sometimes He'll highlight people, or um, He'll highlight a situation, or yeah. you know, just give me kind of like a 
feeling or an unctioning of um, what's going on in the room collectively. Yeah. Um, but as far as me, like, really kind of building myself up in that, it's it's really an everyday thing. I'm that's, And that's not even being deep. It's just yeah. kind of... Um, Come on, we like deep here. Be deep. <laughs> as it really, it's really just living that lifestyle. If outside, if if the only people who are seeking God are the worship leaders, then yeah. our church is in extreme trouble. Yeah, you if you commit, and now we're back to covenant. If you commit to living a life for Christ, then every day you should be asking him, what is it that you want me to do to change this that you've given me? The life that he gives you, that parable about a talent, everybody knows that a parable is a metaphor, which means the talent is your life. You know what I'm saying? So that parable where God is giving those people um, those men talents and they, you know, one, one didn't increase it until God came back and the guy came back and was like, yo, like I gave you this talent and you didn't bring me anything more. Like you didn't invest it, you just hit it in the ground. That is your life. Everything is a talent. It's God is giving you, giving you a life to live. And when he comes back, he's looking for you to have increased it. Yeah. In some way, you multiply me in the earth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so if you wake up every day and you just ask God, what can I do to multiply what you gave me? Yeah. Every day, no matter yeah. if you're getting on a stage or if you're just going to the supermarket, if you go to the supermarket and you say to somebody, "There's this happens to me so much. Every time I go to the store, there's like um, some like young lady that is really upset or I'll say, you know, you look so gorgeous. Oh. And that is, and 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 the Holy Spirit always reveals it to me that that is me planting the seed. Yeah. Right? Someone else will come back. I have said nothing about Jesus Christ. All yeah. I did was what God told me to do. You look gorgeous. Now that has planted the seed for her to go home and live her life and not take it. Yeah. So now she can live to see the next person at the store that says, did you know that Jesus Christ loves you? Did you know wow. that Jesus now wow. for someone to forgot to make the increase and her to hear God in her sleep. Do you get what I'm saying? All yeah. right, multiplying what you what God is giving you, which is your life. What yeah. You to multiply God's will in your earth. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? Um, that is so important. And that was like our last question. Like, why is it so important to um to let the, well, no, that wasn't, so we're going to skip that, but I'm going to say this, that is why it's so important to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and see what the thing that we have strayed away from is what the Bible says, the Bible says that we are to worship him in spirit and in truth, and so because we we lack with teaching that we are spirit, you know, that first of all, we're spirit here having an earthly experience, and that we're all here on assignment, Right. Everybody has an assignment. Some people just get lost here. Some people get delayed here. Some people don't want to walk in it. But we're all here on an assignment. Everybody, everybody all walks of life. We're all here on an assignment. We're all God's children, whether we want to accept that or not. People just make decisions and some things has to happen. 
because the reason why some things has to happen because God knew that it would happen and that there needed to be somebody who it had to happen to to go back to help that person that it happened to. That makes any sense. And so some things had to happen. But I think people don't understand that it's the spirit that can not. I'm not going to say people don't, but some people don't understand because some people you talk like this to them, they think like, what are you talking about? Especially some of the older folks, I'll be honest, or some denominations, like, what are you talking about? But it's the spirit that communicates to the Father. It's not our flesh. God doesn't speak to our flesh. Our flesh is sin. We know that. It, it naturally sins. It wants everything that's not of God. And that's why it's such a war. Literally, you got the spirit who's upright. You got the flesh who wants to sit. And then you got the tabernacle, which is the soul, which the spirit and the flesh looks to for direction. And so literally, you know, when people are sensitive to the Holy Spirit and that's a training thing, it's not, you know, something that happens overnight. That's like a time thing, um, literally. And how that happens is, is literally pressing in the presence of the Lord, you know, spending time with the father in prayer, you know, reading your word, you know, letting the Lord do what he has to do in your life, literally. And so what you said, though, Deborah, was, was so key because we could save so many people lives because first of all god i thank you that's a form of an intercessor right because what what you do is intercession literally when you're at the market and you see this girl or you see a person and the lord tells you to give them this word and we thank the lord for the holy spirit because you know why the holy spirit is a guy he's going to tell you exactly what to say to a person and that's why it's important to be so sensitive because god knows that this person probably doesn't know who he is having a relationship know anything and so what we do wrong as the believers sometimes in the church Every time we see person, we want to start preaching. Turn to Romans, such and such. Come on, spirit of religion, get out of here. No, you know, you got to be sensitive, seriously, to the Holy Spirit, to the point that if God just say, go to this person and say, you know, uh, forgive them. You know, they want to know what you're talking about. You know, even though you might say, like, I'm a little crazy, God, I don't know these people, but the Lord might tell you to go and say that. And literally, that might be the cause of them for living. It might have been sickness in their body because they're holding on to unforgiveness. You get what I'm saying? And so that's why it is so important to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit and understand that, you know, that we are spirit and we need that sensitivity because we could change a nation as the body. That's why we're here, because you said it as well about how we're all here on assignment. And this is, and I have to say this, this is why the Holy Spirit is literally, he's stripping us even from the temple. You know why? Because a lot of people have been bench warmers. God did not create us for us to just sit in a church, you know, and and that was our life. Jesus said to go out, to go out. And some of us wouldn't have never went out. We wouldn't have never went virtual. We wouldn't have never tried to reach a lot of people in the nations. We wouldn't have never did nothing globally, you know, naturally, no anything because we were so comfortable in our four walls and we forsake God's doctrine. We've gotten so caught up with the man-made doctrine. We forsake God's doctrine. We were supposed to go out. And the thing is that we go back and that's what Jesus, what, what the Lord is trying to do. Excuse me. He's trying to bring us back to the foundation, his foundation, though, not our foundation, his foundation. You know, and literally people have to wake up, understand that. And the thing is how you understand that is staying in that secret place. You got to get in that closet and hear the Lord for yourself. The Bible says those who have an ear, let them hear. He didn't say the prophets who have an ear, the apostles who have an ear. He said those who have an ear, let them hear. 
let them hear. And so it's so important. It's so important, Deborah. And I say this because it's the Holy Spirit. It's so important as the believers that we get back to our first, first, first calling, not the apostle, not the prophet, not the evangelist, not the pastor, not the deacon. It's the servant. It's the servant being the servant. That was the last act that Jesus did literally before he ascended to the father. He did the foot washing. He showed servitude. How even as a leader, you know, he's supposed to serve. We're supposed to serve, you know, and, and it's so important. I'm sorry to go in the deep end, but it's the Holy Ghost. But it is, it is so important. It really is that we get back to that because like I said, we could change a nation. We could change a nation. We could change a nation. I mean it so wholeheartedly. We could change a nation because people are saying, God, I thank you, that revival is here. And how come we haven't seen the numbers yet? You know why? Because people are not doing the work. People haven't still gotten to that place with God yet. They haven't. They haven't. They haven't. And that's why more stuff is coming because we still are distracted. We're still not paying attention. We still are not consecrating ourselves like the Lord is trying to do because what's coming after what's coming is going to be the revival. And we have to be prepared. We have, we have to be able to handle the numbers of people that are going to be coming in. It's not the shouting. It wasn't the going back to church. It's the people that's going to experience the conversion, the greatest miracle of Jesus because they're going to be trying to figure out who is this God that caused this thing to happen or to, that let it happen? Who is this God? You know, I need to know who he is. And the thing is, we have to start. And many of us, I don't know who this is for. Turn your light on. Turn your light on. You got to turn your light on. It's a light check right now. Turn your light on. People need to see the light of Christ. They need to see it. And it's not saying you got to be preachy, super deep and, and everything else. Nobody's not saying that. But you have to turn your light on. Literally, people are looking for the light. They are, whether they want to say it or not. They are looking for the light. People have been lost for so long and people are at a point, I'm so sorry, that they're saying, I, I, I want to know who he is, but I, I can't get past this part yet, you know, because maybe this is a turnoff for me or maybe this happened. And Paul said it. He said to the weak, I become weak so that I may win some. We got to come from behind those collars. Come on, put your jeans and your T-shirt on. I'm not saying to be like them or to look exactly like them, but you got to come down a little bit because people want to know, but they're afraid to know. Come on, bondage feel good. Come on, it feel good. Nobody don't want to be free from bondage. They don't want to go on the other side of the door because on the other side of the door is fear. It's fear. And so, you know, that that that's just really what I have to say, you know, about that. Um, it's 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 just it's just so important. It's so important. But I am going to ask you to do this in closing because I know the, the, the Holy Spirit is moving in you because you're rocking. I can see you. <laughs> Are you are you able to just sing us out? Just sing a little something. Um, <laughs> or if you have a word, come on, whatever you got, you can give it to us. I can pray. Okay, we'll pray. Come on. Pray. <laughs> okay, uh, Father, we thank you and we praise you. We glorify you. We honor you. God, we worship you. Father, I'm asking you now that you would um, settle here with us, Father. Thank you, Father, for being with us. Thank you for showing yourself strong and mighty in our lives. Father, I'm asking that every person that has seen this, Lord Jesus. 
a podcast would have been a seed for them, or maybe it was the watering. God, we know that either way you will bring the increase. God, we're asking you that you would transform the minds of your people. Father, give them the worker's heart, give them the worker's hands. Father, we're asking that you would give them the spirit, um, give them a spirit to work and war at the same time. God, we're asking that you would build up Nehemiah people that are ready to build as well as fight in the name of the Father, we're asking that you would prepare us, that you would teach us and that you would guide us and show us your way. Father, we're asking that you would search our hearts for anything that's um, not pure, that's not like you. Lord God, we're asking everything that we need to do to prepare for whatever is coming next. God, we're asking that you would help us. Father, teach us how to separate ourselves. Father, set us. Allow us to sit quietly and patiently in you, Father, in the name of Jesus, Father, don't require us. We know that you don't require us to speak all the time, but sometimes we just need to sit in your presence and really hear you and feel you, God. I'm asking that you would download your spirit into your people, Father, that you would pour out your spirit among all flesh, God, as you promised. Father, we know that your word is above your name, and so, God, we're asking that you would perform again for us, Lord, in the name of Jesus, those that are battling depression, those that are battling anxiety, those that are battling um, confusion. Father, in the name of Jesus, we're asking that all those things be demolished under your mighty hand in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we know that your hands are not too short that they won't reach us. In the name of Jesus, God, we know that you deliver. We know that you set free. We know that you we know that you restore. Father, bring back everything that we have either lost or given to the enemy. In the name of Jesus, Father, we're asking you would uh, take that you would take everything out of us that is not like you and lord father use this podcast for your glory use this podcast for your might in the name of jesus in the earth we're asking that you would uh that you would download new information into commission father in the name of the learned in the name of jesus father um increase her insight increase her divine insight father that as she seeks you that you would hear more and she would um see more father, and we're asking that you would give her a release for what she needs to say what she does not need to say in the name of jesus father we're asking you lord that you would sanctify this podcast father and make it and make it in for your use, God. That you will consecrate this podcast and make it only for your use. In the name of Jesus, every opportunity to be set by you. And Father, shut every door that is not by you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you and we praise you. We ask that all those that are not saved be saved, Father. Every crooked line be made straight. Father, everything be made uh, right before you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Yes, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. God, you're worthy. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I'm sorry. Yes, Jesus. 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 Well, Deborah, I, Deborah, I thank you. I thank you. Yes, Jesus. 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 Come on, Holy Spirit. Take me down. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Jesus. I thank you again um, for spending the, the night with us and, and taking your time, literally um, sacrificing your time to, to come on here. We appreciate it. 
You never take advantage or, you know, look little upon, you know, the people that give God their yes and to come on to here um, to, to just fellowship with us, you know, worship with us and outreach and, and to minister um, in Jesus name. So we thank you so much. We thank the viewers, you guys, for sticking it out with us as well. We went over our time, but we thank you guys for your patience. Um, you can also, guys. If you want to catch the audio replays or anything or catch up on the other podcasts, subscribe to the channels. We're on Apple Podcasts, so you can download Apple Podcasts to listen to any of them. Spotify as well. You can find it there as well to listen and tune in and know Pandora Radio. Um, subscribe to the station on there for the replays and also on Anchor FM. Yes, guys. Yes, Lord. And so again, guys, we thank you so much for tuning into the Dope Girls Pray podcast. I'm your host, Kamisha H. You guys were just tuned in for our hot topics. Um, and our topic was marriage and ministry. And our guest speaker was Miss Deborah Haynes, Carolina. And we'll see you guys on Tuesday for Testimony Tuesdays. You guys be blessed. Thank Tune into the Dope Girls Pray podcast. I'm your host, Kamisha H. We have a special guest coming on tonight, and I know you do not want to miss this. Stay tuned and remember, Dope Girls Do Pray.